You are a Locked On Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. And hello and welcome into the Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. We come to you after a 4-2 Braves win over the Phillies to open up a three-game set, and Atlanta continues its winning ways pushing the winning streak to seven games in a row. Grant McCauley, Jake Mastriani with you here on the postcast. As always, want to make sure you're subscribed to Locked On Sports Atlanta here on YouTube. Click the bell to get notified every time we drop a new episode. Go ahead and click that like button if you're into winning streaks, and make sure you subscribe to Locked On Braves wherever you get your podcast. Jake, a lot to like in this one. It wasn't just the beat-them-into-submission offensive onslaught that we saw in the Rockies series either. There were a couple of things that we're going to key in on that we needed to see here. Number one, Outscore the Phillies. The Braves found a way to do that. But in helping them to do so, you needed to see a bounce-back effort from Spencer Strider, and we certainly got one of those. This is what we've been waiting on. And we said, you know, he's going to figure it out eventually. And, yeah, he gave a lot of hits in this one. But overall, I think you watched this game. It looked like the Spencer Strider we're used to seeing. And then the offense, it wasn't a huge explosion, but they did enough. They kept battling and were able to come through with enough runs to win the game. Yeah, some key home runs and then a two-run rally that helped the Braves out as well. And a 4-2 to final score. You'll take the win, so however you can get them. And let's get inside the line score for game number 73 for the Braves, who are now 47-26, and 26, 21 games over 500, best record in the National League. Four runs, 10 hits, no errors, nine men left on base. And for the Phillies, now 38-35 and 35 as their six-game win streak comes to an end. Two runs, 11 hits, no errors. They left eight men on base. Also, some interesting base running we'll talk about in this one as well. Spencer Strider, 8-2 and two now on the year with his six innings of one-run ball to pick up the victory and a real bounce back from the last two performances in which he really just was not able to get the results that he wanted and seemingly had to labor an awful lot. He worked a little bit in this start, but I felt like this was more the Spencer Strider we expect to see. Jeff Hoffman took the loss in relief. He drops to 0-1. Rysel Iglesias, a little bit of ninth-inning drama, but not too much. He locked down his 10th save. Game lasted two hours, 46 minutes, 37,746 paid to see it at Citizens Bank Park. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Spencer Strider here because I think that's what everybody was hoping to see, as you mentioned, was that bounce-back effort. Yeah, there were eight hits, but just the one run, no walks, nine strikeouts, and I thought it was important that he came back in that sixth inning after kind of having to battle a little bit in the fifth. The Phillies did start to get some better swings third time through the lineup, but Spencer Strider found a way. And he's typically been a guy that's done better as the game has gone on. He's been better a third time through the lineup, but that was big. I thought it was an opportunity. Okay, he's looked good. You kind of feel like you got him back on track, maybe get him out of there. Pitch count was up, and I think Snicker could have done that, and I think it could have been the right decision, but to send him back out there and then to have one of his better innings of the game, I think that just makes it you know that much more important for Spencer Strider going forward. But this was a huge outing, 22 whiffs. I mean, the whiffs haven't been an issue. It's still been dominant stuff from him. Mm -hmm. But it's location. And I went back and looked at all the hits he gave up. And last start when I did that, it was a lot of 96 middle, middle, 96 middle away, you know, 96 down, uh, you know, middle down. This time it was all on the edges. It was just really good swings by a really good Philadelphia team that's been really hot right now. So, yeah. again, a lot of credit to him. But the big things for me, no walks, no home runs. You do that as any pitcher, you're going to have a lot of success, but especially Spencer Strider, when you got to string a bunch of singles together against him, it's going to be really tough to score. So I thought this was huge for Spencer Strider. Start we really needed to see from him. We saw that velocity tick back up. He yep. had a you know a max velocity at 99.9 .9 miles per hour. So that was good to see as well. So this is highly encouraging, I think, for yeah. Spencer Strider. 
Yeah, saw a lot of 98s there from the get-go. I mean, it, it did go down into that 96, 97 at times, but it would tick right back up. 98s, 99s, as you mentioned, just kind of kissing right to the edge of 100. That's good to see. It had been quite a while in his best overall average velocity for him in at least three starts. So good to see some of those trends. Clearly, the no walks will always help you out. And like you said, the hits, you can manage some singles here and there. He kept the ball in the ballpark, helped the Braves win. He was at 91 pitches through five innings, went out, as you mentioned, one of his most efficient innings, a 12-pitch sixth inning to close out that outing. And I thought a lot to build on for Spencer Strider there. A.J. Minter and Nick Anderson were able to come on and throw scoreless frames. The eighth inning got a little bit interesting, and the Braves with the lead, and we'll talk about the offense momentarily. The Phillies, I felt like, had one of their best threats of the night going in the eighth, and J.T. Romuto, who I think is a pretty heady ball player, he got a little bit greedy and tried to stretch a single into a double. Michael Harris with the throw. Uh, Ozzie Albies, I thought, with a great tag. I didn't really feel like it was altogether that controversial on replay. It took forever to get the call to to stand. I don't guess they said confirmed, but JT Romuto getting thrown out at second base there in the eighth inning, really short-circuited a rally opportunity there for the Phillies. And when you saw him get busy in the ninth inning, I'm, I'm sure that they are going to go home and think about that one and the opportunity they missed there at second base. That's going to be a play, JT Real Muto and the Phillies, I think, look at tonight and really hurt him in this one because it was a big threat. I mean, Anderson didn't have his best stuff in this one. Big strikeout of Bryce Harper there. But outside of that, a bat, it really wasn't his best outing. So I think that was a, a big threat for them and a big opportunity missed. I know Real Muto is a really good runner, especially for a catcher, but I have no idea why he was trying to take second base there. Just not a great base running decision by, by him and really ran them out of what could have been a potentially, you know, put them on the board. And like you yeah. said, with the way the ninth inning went, you know, things could have gone a little bit differently. But huge bake, break for the Braves. Great job by Michael Harris. Heads up there, making a good throw to second to gun him down. Yeah, and again, I, I thought a really nice tag by Ozzy Albies because Romuto did try to do that swim move. I thought he got him on the forearm. He also kept the tag on. And I felt like the fingers might have come off of second base for that momentary speck of time, which I don't know that that was the spirit of replay, but that's a different con you know, piece of content for another time or conversation for another uh, time for us. But either way, you'll certainly take it. If maybe if the ball was hit a little bit softer, you could understand trying to stretch it. But Michael came right after that ball, got it to second base. Romuto was out, rally was over, and the Phillies, despite getting a little bit of a threat going against um, Rysel Iglesias in the ninth inning, an almost spectacular play by Eddie Rosario. Ball popped out on him, but otherwise it could have been a pretty quiet ninth inning as well. But uh, putting it all aside, the Braves were able to hold on to the 4-2 victory, thanks in large part to some well-timed home runs and a well-timed rally for Atlanta as well in this game. We'll talk a little bit about all of that and, of course, get you set up for game two of this three-game series after I tell you about one of our great sponsors because this edition of the Braves Postcast is brought to you by Game Time. Game Time is a place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event with exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. If you're looking for tickets, Game Time's got you covered. And the Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. So if you find tickets in the same section row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag those tickets without the stress with Game Time. Go download the Game Time app. Go ahead and create an account and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply, but again, create that account and redeem the code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off that first purchase. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Braves, meanwhile, got the offense that they needed in the form of an Austin Riley home run to tie this game up, and then a two-run rally that they were able to put together there uh, as well. Ronald Acuna Jr. put Atlanta on top. 
Eddie Rosario, who didn't start this game, ended up with a couple of hits. He scored an important run, and I thought Ronald played a pretty pivotal role in that because he was on the move from first base to second, kept Ozzie Albies out of a double play, and got the Braves an extra run. And then Matt Olson, he loves hitting home runs at Citizens Bank Park as he's got a whole bunch of them in the very brief time that he has played there, but all of that added up to the offense the Braves needed on this night. But great to see Austin Riley with a no-doubter home run. And Matt Olson appears to enjoy hitting in that fifth spot, which I think the Braves wanted to see as well. Great to see, you know, your two and or your your big guys in the lineup uh, go deep and really huge home run for Austin Riley. Tied the game up there, and that was significant because it's middle of the game. You know, both teams are thinking about what bullpen arms they're going to go to there, and Riley hits that game tying home run, which maybe changed some things. I don't know. Andrew Hoffman has some uh, pretty good stuff, or Jeff Hoffman rather has some pretty good stuff, but Braves were able to get to him. You look at the run scored, and it's four four runs. Not what we've seen from the Braves over the last week or so. We're used to them putting up eight plus, but I think still you look at this lineup and you look at that box score, every starter had a hit except for Darno and Pilar, and Darno walked twice. Pilar's replacement had two hits. Right. I mean, it's still just a relentless lineup. They have opportunities each and every inning. It's what we say a lot on this postcast when we're talking about this lineup. It just keeps coming at you, and eventually they're going to run into that home run. They're going to get that big hit to come through there. So Ronald had a big one, I know, to put the Braves ahead there. And then, as you said, that ground out by Ozzy with a runner in motion. I love seeing that there, mm-hmm. staying out of the double play to score a run, and then the two big home runs. So still, I know it's not the huge number as far, in terms of runs scored on the, the evening for the Braves, but still, I thought the offense did a lot of good on this, continued to pose a threat. And Ranger Suarez is really good. And he's been really good over the last you know, several starts he's had now, especially in, in the month of June. So yeah. really good pitcher there. Uh, Braves were able to battle against him and come through with some runs late against the bullpen. Yeah, and I think against the Braves, Ranger Suarez has been frustratingly effective as well. So to win on a day that he pitches, I mean, clearly you got Spencer Strider going. You want to feel good about those chances as well. But, you know, you got to get the offense going. And the Braves certainly did on this night. Home run number 21 of the year for Matt Olson. That ties in with her old friend Jorge Soler for second most in the National League, just one behind Pete Alonso. And as far as RBI are concerned, Ozzy Albies is the league's leader with 53. Matt Olson is second with 52. So a couple of good things happening for the two guys that switched spots in the lineup on this most recent homestand. And it continues here against the Philadelphia Phillies. Braves uh, winning their seventh consecutive game as the rest of the National League East was taking it on the chin tonight. They can match their eight-game winning streak back in April. It's the longest of the year, and they can feel free to keep on winning if they would like, and they've certainly got the firepower to do it. Now five and a half games up over the Miami Marlins, who lost to Toronto. Nine games ahead of the third-place Phillies, who, again, have been playing some really good baseball. They had won six in a row. So, Jake, I mean, you had two teams coming in here that both had to feel pretty good about what they've been doing over the last at least week or so. Really, the last couple of three weeks, I believe the Braves and Phillies came in with identical records over the last 10 or 15 games. So Philadelphia, despite playing some really good baseball, has not been able to gain on the Braves, and now they're going to step a game back and, again, remaining in third place. And, of course, the Mets are clawing to try to get themselves back into this race as well, but the Braves just keep on winning. Yeah, and it's got to be frustrating for the other teams in the NL East, I'm sure, when you're trying to gain ground on the Braves and you just keep swapping wins and then you have to play them and you lose when you're already trying to gain ground. Now, even if the Phillies win these next two games, you only pick up one game in the standings yeah. and you've you know lost three games or you've gone through three games against the team. So uh, it's got to be frustrating for the other NL East teams, but the Braves are, are really good. And I think the other teams in the NL East are just playing really good as well. The Marlins really a surprise team, mm-hmm. but you look at what they're doing over there and I just think they're starting to become 
a good team, and that's just who they are, winning close ball games. So uh, it's a tough division, and I know it's got to be frustrating. The Braves just got to keep frustrating them and keep trying to put up wins and put these guys away because, as we can see, they're just as capable of going on a long run as the Braves are. And, and as you know, I mean, the Braves have made no real you know bones about it. They're going to concentrate on winning their game and winning their series, and they'll do the scoreboard watching that they need to, but they're going to keep all the focus in-house. And right now they're focused on what would appear to be all the right things. The offense is rolling. Uh, the pitching staff, if they get Spencer Strider on a nice little roll here, that's going to make him a little bit stronger. Some good news on the injury front. Max Fried is going to begin throwing off a mound. Could face hitters soon, still a ways away, but it's nice to start thinking about Max Fried making a return to this rotation. And the Braves with one other little injury note. Sean Murphy didn't go on the IL after straining the hamstring or, or at least irritating the hamstring, I guess is the more appropriate term over the weekend. He may avoid that IL stand. He tested it out before the game in Philly and reported feeling pretty good about it. So we'll see how all of that plays out as the Braves would love to have their all-star hopeful catcher and, of course, the ace of their rotation back at some point. But Murphy could be back at some point in this series. Speaking of which, let's get you set for Wednesday. That's game two against the Phillies. Right-hander A.J. smith Shaver looking for a second career victory. He will be facing off against one of the Phillies' best starters who's kind of had an up-and-down season. It's Aaron Nola, 6-5, and five, a 466 ERA, Jake. We've seen Aaron Nola at his absolute best. We've also seen the Braves get to him, so we'll see which Aaron Nola shows up in Game 2 of the series. One thing that's really plagued him all year are the home runs. I believe he's given up 15 on the year. The Braves got him for three home runs the last time they faced him this season, so that's certainly something that I think plays into the Braves' favor there. If you can, get to him, get the deep balls on him. going to be a huge test for A.J. Smith-Shaw, you're facing a team that's been hot coming into this series, a really good offense, so in, in a really tough environment, and a hitter-friendly ballpark. So going to be a huge uh, challenge here for the 20-year-old, so I'm looking forward to see how he, hand, how, how he handles it. Yeah, I mean, we forget. I mean, it's a storyline that we kind of look at, and we're like, okay, well, he's 20 years old. Then all of a sudden he comes up and starts putting up numbers and looking pretty good, and maybe you don't think about the age first and foremost. The expectation all of a sudden becomes, hey, this guy's a part of the rotation now. We're feeling pretty good about it, but uh, let's not put the cart before the horse. This is a kid that's still – you know, making his first trip around the National League, going to be facing off against a very tough Phillies team. I think this is going to be his biggest challenge to date. As we know the names that are in this lineup and what they're capable of doing and the winning they've been doing lately, we'll see if A.J. is able to, you know, just handle things the way that he has the first couple of starts, maybe pitch into the sixth inning again and just keep the game manageable. I don't know that you can ask much more than that from the 20-year-old as he makes his third career start. 1-0 and a 2-0-3 ERA. Aaron Nola, again, just 6-5 and on the year with an ERA of 466. Game two will get started at 6.40 p.m. Eastern time at Citizens Bank Park as the Braves are gunning for their eighth consecutive win. That'll bring us to the end of the, this edition of the Braves Postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube. Go ahead, click that like button. Also, click that little bell so you get notified every time we drop a new episode. And make sure you subscribe to Locked On Braves wherever you get your podcast. Once again, the Braves with a 4-2 victory over the Phillies to open up a three-game set. For Jake Mastriani, I'm Grant McCauley. We will catch you next time here on the Postcast. And until then, so long, everyone. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. D.C. Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked on Yankees. Locked on Mariners. Locked on Mets. Locked on Angels. And you're listening to Locked on Braves. Locked on Braves. Locked on Braves. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. 